We are the Narrators 3. Elisa, Lynn, and Cho. And this is Once Upon a Rewatch. Welcome to Once Upon a Rewatch, Season 2, Episode 10, The Cricket Game. The original air date of this episode was January 6, 2013. This is the first episode of 2013 after a month-long break during the winter holidays. The writers of this episode are David H. Goodman and Robert Hull. The director was Dean White. And the title card featured Pongo. We begin at the Storybrook Harbor, where Hook is on his ship staring at the town through his spyglass. When he gets off his ship with Cora, Hook says that this is where they should go their separate ways and that he needs to skin his crocodile. As he walks away, Cora transports from behind him to in front of him. She says that going into Storybrook alone is a bad idea. Hook reminds Cora of their deal and demands her to get out of his way. Exasperated that she got paired with such an idiot, Cora states that she is doing him a favor, asking him how she could transport from one place to another. Hook realizes that there is magic in Storybrook. Cora says that magic in Storybrook makes matters a bit more complicated, as Rumpelstiltskin has his powers returned, making him a much more difficult target for Hook. They then meet a fisherman, who asks them if they need anything from the tackle shop. Hook says that they are fine. The fisherman states that they have a nice vessel. Cora asks him what vessel, as she magically makes the ship invisible. The fisherman says that was a cool trick. He asks if Cora is some sort of magician, and then Cora turns him into a fish, which Hook kicks into the water. The two then leave to go snoop around Storybrook. That poor schlub. He just wanted to see some cool magic. He was such a cheerful and helpful man. Like, poor guy. Like, I hope you at least get to live a good fish life. Like, some amazing Mr. Olympit stuff. And he gets, like, a fish girlfriend and he's happy. I mean, at least Hook has the decency to, like, kick him into the ocean. Because, Jesus, Cora, couldn't you make him into something that breathed air? True gentleman, that Killian Jones. I mean, by comparison, yeah. Maybe he gets to be in like a little bed knobs and broomsticks spinoff. Like he gets to go bobbing along in the beautiful briny sea. And then at the end have to gloomily go off to war. No, because he's a fish. So no, no, he no. He's just in the fish that. part. Yeah. He's just, yeah, he's just, just in the, the fish animated. part. Okay. Yeah, he's just in the fish part. Yeah, he's not pre, pre Mr. Banks, Mr. Banks. Yes. Who <laughs> then at the end is like, well, got to go be in the war now, honey. Gotta- and I'm like, <laughs> This movie ends a lot darker than I thought it did. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's like, um, you're already in your kind of golden years. You should just retire. That's, that seems like a bad idea, sir. I don't think it'll go well for you. Okay, he's already halfway down the road. All, All right. right. Well, Bye. and we never saw him again. Nope, because then the credits rolled. <laughs> <laughs> so who knows? Who knows? Pour one out for not Mr. Banks, Mr. Banks. Uh, David Tomlin? Tom Tomlinson. Something like that. Something like that. Yeah, one of those. <laughs> Any hoodle. Elsewhere, Mary Margaret and David are making up for lost time in their apartment when Emma Swan and Henry Mills walk in on them. As if this poor boy has not had enough trauma in his young life. Though Henry is unfazed and asks why they're still in bed in the middle of the afternoon. <laughs> while Emma is in shock at finding her parents in this kind of situation. Poor Emma. No one wants to walk in on their parents banging, no matter how pretty they are. She was like, I wish this apartment had doors. Why did we never install doors? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, if you're gonna bang, go upstairs. I mean, I I guess that's where Emma sleeps. I guess that's that's where where she keeps all the birdhouses. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's maybe also where Emma sleeps, just on like a pile of the the birdhouses. Oh, they got her a futon wall-to-wall birdhouses she has to (laughs) shove them aside when she wants to go to bed (laughs) she sleeps in a nest (laughs) oh mommy bird made her a nest yes it's a giant (laughs) nest she's just like here you go baby bird (laughs) cheep 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 i've had years to know how to construct the perfect bird's nest just for you i love you honey there's a promotional image from like first season of snow i want to say in her wedding dress where she's like in a bird she's in a bird's Mm -hmm. nest yes so yeah evidence was there all along the upstairs of the apartments of bird's nest surrounded by little bird houses yeah that snow is made by hand yeah but actually it's probably just the bedroom upstairs and that's probably like where mary margaret used to sleep but like she's nice and gave like it to emma and just set up a second bed in the living room that's what moms do now she regrets now she Mm -hmm. regrets Mm -hmm. like she regrets that this apartment has no doors yeah 
<laughs> or like you know a screen oh like one of like the little like even. folding little like yeah the folding, folding screens ones yeah that you yeah, yeah. Stick in front of it anything anything literally anything, anything. David jokes that he is glad they are still able to give Emma some traumatic childhood memories, even though they have been absent from her life. That's so cute. Emma's face is just so good in this whole scene. So good. I I really love her grumpy little, I'm going to go make tacos, just like in disgust at her parents. (laughs) (laughs) Ew, gross. Gross. (laughs) Ew, my parents like each other. (laughs) In the enchanted forest of the past, the evil queen overlooks a burning village when one of her knights approaches her and tells her that the forces of King George have failed. Snow White and Prince Charming have won the war, and the location of King George is unknown. Uh-huh. <laughs> Ee-haw, Nelson Munz laughed. <laughs> she asks her knight the location of Snow White, and he informs her that she is alone on her way to meet with Prince Charming. The evil queen snaps that she does not care how many lives are lost. Snow White is to be kept away from Prince Charming until she can intercede. I just need to take a moment and say, I legitimately don't understand what the fuck is going on with Regina's weird 80s hair metal outfit. She's a dragon. Kind of enjoyed it. She's like a a dragon queen. She looks like an extra from a poison video. I mean, it does look like Richard Corbin designed her look for this scene. It's a look is correct. <laughs> Her battle look. Yeah, it looks like out of that, uh, you know, the the comic book uh, or like heavy metal magazine that then turned into like that cult, like 80s film. With all the boobies. Mm-hmm. All the boobies. Yep. <laughs> That's exactly what it looks like. Yeah, it's based on uh, Richard Corbin's illustrations, I think. That That is, that is, yeah. I mean, I was going with 80s hair metal, but that that absolutely. I mean, too. yeah. It just was like, you wait for your white snake video tryout. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, um, like in Wayne's World when uh, Tia Carrera has a big ass python. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's just yeah. like- <laughs> Snow White is running through the woods when she trips on a rock and Regina approaches. She offers the queen parlay a chance to negotiate a surrender. When the evil queen states that she asks for Snow White's death, Snow White calls upon the blue fairy who descends from the sky and throws fairy dust on Regina, paralyzing her and rendering her powerless. Prince Charming comes out of hiding and tells the queen that because of her bloodlust, she has lost her position as queen and the kingdom now belongs to himself and Snow White. Regina, you kind of walked into this one. Like a big old dum-dum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to go after Snow White all by myself. <laughs> She's all alone. That's not suspicious. <laughs> not, not suspicious at all. Nothing weird about this. Doop a doop. I mean, I guess she's like, it worked for me last time because she ate the apple. But girl, girl. Oh, girl. Hun- oh, honey. Oh, honey. Oh, honey. In Storybrooke, the town gathers at Granny's diner to celebrate the return of Mary Margaret and Emma. Emma hands Granny her tray of tacos, relieved that she did not have to kill something first. Granny quips, you're telling me, meatloaf? What a bitch. The group toasts to Mary Margaret and Emma, with Charming saying, let it be a while before he and Snow have to find one another. This is so adorable. And this is the kind of writing and scenes I love most in Once Upon a Time. Yeah, Mary Margaret's face when they walk in initially is so happy and sweet. And this scene is very cute. I like it very much. It's adorable. Elisa actually took a picture of it while we were watching the episode. <laughs> I did. I paused it and their faces were very cute. So I took a picture. Because I was all like, oh, Snow's having a really good day. I'll Emma not it. so much. In, but Snow's having a really good day. <laughs> <laughs> Emma's going to probably have a lot of drinks at this party. Emma's, Emma's going to need to unpack this later. <laughs> yeah. Later in therapy. <laughs> later in therapy, Emma will think about this. <laughs> <laughs> She's just going to, meanwhile, shove her face full of tacos. Pretty much. (laughs) And whiskey. Yeah, yeah. But I did love that Charming made a funny. He did, did. but it was like a funny. A A sweet sweet funny. funny. It was a sweet funny. Very sentimental funny. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like a like at the expense of his wife. Nope. No. It was it was just my wife. My wife. My wife is back. Thank Christ. (laughs) I don't me no have to think no more. (laughs) Me no have to think no more. She's the smart one. I had a headache the whole time. (laughs) Everything hurt. Everything was sad. Everything too hard. (laughs) Regina walks in with lasagna, apologizing that she is late. 
Everyone wonders why she's there, and Emma explains to her parents that Regina is trying to change, and she has invited her for Henry's sake. Several of the party guests are suspicious of her presence, but Emma defends her because Regina has saved her and Mary Margaret's lives. Henry believes in her, and that's enough for me, says Emma, who makes the point that if she was given a second chance, Regina ought to be given one as well. Henry is able to spend some time with his adoptive mother, and he tells her that he is glad she came. I respect that when Regina comes in, Leroy goes right for this big-ass kitchen knife. Like, dude is loyal AF. Everyone should have a Leroy. Mm-hmm. He's just like, why is she here? <laughs> knife. And I'm like, that's my boy. <laughs> also, I respect that he also then only questions the lasagna for like a second and, and then dives right in. Well, and he's then, hungry, though. Yeah, and then the next scene, <laughs> when it flashes ahead, the lasagna <laughs> container is completely empty. And I appreciate that apparently all the guests were like, might be poisoned, but she said it had red pepper flakes and it's lasagna. So, and then they all ate it. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I mean, it does take a lot of hunger to like keep all that like hate and suspicion going. You know, you burn a lot of calories. And, and lasagna is great. Yeah. Even if Regina has been fooling everyone by using stovers. But you know what? Maybe she spent this time away from Henry and, you know, getting fired from her job and all that. Maybe she finally learned how to cook that lasagna from scratch. And that's why she's a little late. Yeah. And the cooking's like potion making. It's probably yeah. like. It's, it's a good, uh, it's a good replacement. Yeah. And at least she finally realizes how long it takes to actually make lasagna then. Mm-hmm. Mm. So that means she really put in a lot of effort for this party. Yeah. With she the red pepper hard. flakes. Yeah. I bet there ain't no red pepper flakes in that in that Stouffer one. There are not. There you go. There are also not any in the lasagna I make. <laughs> Nor mine, but th- we're not going to talk about that. No, it's, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Because it doesn't mean like, it's oh, wrong. Choice. No, it doesn't mean it's wrong. To each their own lasagna. Mm-hmm. Throughout the evening, Regina sits alone in a booth, ignored. She leaves, but Emma follows her to let her know Archie brought a cake and she ought to stay. Emma tells Regina that she's glad that Regina got to spend time with Henry. Since she feels she is changing, Regina asks that she be allowed to see Henry more often, that she has his room ready for him to come home. Emma tells her that she does not think that this is best, and the two begin to argue. Regina tells Emma that she knows nothing of parenting, that she should talk to David, who is taking care of Henry while Emma was away, just like she has. Emma turns to walk away, and Regina apologizes for yelling at her. Emma accepts Regina's apology and tells her that she has spoke with Archie Hopper, who has told her that Regina is trying to change. She thanks Emma for inviting her to the party and then leaves. This whole scene feels like Regina and Emma went through a messy divorce, to be honest. My note for this scene was just the question, do you think Swan Queen shippers love this episode? Because I feel they must. Like, there's so many great, like, emotionally charged Emma and Regina scenes here that I feel like this has to be, like, really good, like, oh, you get a lot of ship feels from this episode. Because I definitely see it. I've never, like you know, been like hardcore on the ship, but I I definitely, this rewatch, I'm noticing it a lot. And I got it from this episode. I was like, oh man, these guys have some charged moments. Oh yeah, you definitely see the merit of it in this episode, I feel like. Yeah. You see where they would get that. Oh, for sure. Where are Swan Queen listeners at? I feel like season two is a lot of Swan Queen. Yeah. So, which yeah, again, I think like all three of us, we just don't have a, we don't have a pony in that race. So we're just like, yeah, but yeah, we'll see it. Yeah. They aren't even yeah, been on the same uh, plane or world for most of the season. And they've already had a, a lot of moments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. As she is walking home, Cora and Hook watch. Hook asks the Queen of Hearts if her daughter is broken. And she replies that she is not yet. The next day at the docks, Archie is walking his dog Pongo when he runs into Regina. Regina is angry at him because he has told Emma about their sessions. I love, need I remind you that you got your PhD from a curse. (laughs) That is like, there are so many good zingers in this episode and that is one of them. (laughs) Like there are so many good little one line zingers and oh, oh, I fucking love that one. She's right, but she shouldn't say it. But she shouldn't be mean to Archie. (laughs) He's Archie. He's our but sweet it's guy. Horrible. Funny though. It's but he's and, our sweet guy. And he then her guy. Oh, I know, I know. We love Archie, <laughs> but that's a, still a funny fucking. <laughs> it is, but it's like being mean to a puppy. 
it's just like, oh, come on. <laughs> I know it's the low hanging fruit. Leave him alone. He's only little. Oh, little. I say about a grown ass man twice my age. <laughs> You're like, you wouldn't be this defensive if it wasn't Raphael Sparge. No. <laughs> when Ruby approaches them on her morning jog, Regina says that this is a private talk and tells her to go take herself for a walk. Go take yourself for a walk. Oh, Chell's dying. (laughs) (laughs) Regina may be changing for the good, but her zingers are like top tier. I just, I love them. She said she would stop doing magic, but she would not, she would not (laughs) stop. I'm paying a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) She don't have to like it. (laughs) Pretty much. Just before Regina leaves, she says to Archie that he is lucky that she has changed. Back in the Enchanted Forest, the War Council is discussing the Evil Queen. Jiminy Cricket says that he has a fear that the queen will never change. Grumpy offers a quick and violent death for the queen. Granny suggests that they banish the queen to another realm. But Red Riding Hood says the queen is their problem, and it's unjust to inflict Regina on another realm. Prince Charming says that as long as the evil queen lives, the kingdom is in danger and decides that they must kill her. After the meeting is dismissed, Snow White asks Prince Charming if killing the evil queen is the right thing to do. Again, Prince Charming says that as long as the evil queen lives, she will keep trying to kill Snow. The morality of this scene is really all over the place. But you love a himbo that just loves his wife so much. He loves his wife so much. He's like, baby, she keeps trying to kill you. And that just won't fly. (laughs) I got I've got my straight arrow morals, but I draw the line at my wife. (laughs) I may be a humble shepherd, but. Bitch is going down. <laughs> yeah, some of them are really out for blood my wife. <laughs> he, he is but a simple himbo, but he loves his wife. He knows he one thing, wife. though, and that he fucking loves his wife. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And I'm kind of like, all right, well, we should then just give Grumpy the go-ahead for the quick and violent death. <laughs> if yeah, we're going like, to just... He's raring to go. You want it to be taken care of. It would make him so happy. Yeah. <laughs> Look like, at just... that face. It would make him so happy. Exactly. And Grumpy deserve a win. Grumpy does deserve a win. Does um, yeah, yeah. The morals of this is all topsy-turvy because it is kind of like... Is there like, we're the morally upstanding good people. Yeah. Like, the only real solution to this, though, has got to be full-on murder. They clearly let King George live. They took over his kingdom. Well, that's because they don't know where the fuck he is. Yeah, they, they don't. don't. <laughs> no, 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 no. He no. disappeared. He disappeared. Yeah. yeah like, he he it's, in the, it's in the scene... It's in the first scene that we have in the past. Before she's like, I'm going to get Snow White. She's by herself. The knight is like, the war is lost. We don't know where the fuck King George is. Oh, yeah. It's gone bad. So So they could have had that same. Yeah. So it's not so much that they're like, it's just Regina. Regina's got to die. We're going to be magnanimous to King George. They're like, no, no. no. I don't know where that dick is. I missed missed that detail completely. Yeah. It would have been a two for one execution had they. uh, They'd be like, how do we how do we do both at once? Get Robin Hood, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Oodle well, Ollie. Well, <laughs> well. That's all I'll say about that. All right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oodle Ollie. Oodle Ollie. Oodle Ollie. It's murder time. <laughs> Back in Storybrooke, it is late at night and Regina is walking towards Archie's office. Ruby sees her walk into the office and thinks she seems a bit suspicious. When Regina knocks on Archie's door, she says that she wants to have a talk. As Archie is getting Regina's file out of his cabinet, Regina suddenly appears behind him. She then chokes Archie and immobilizes Pongo, and then sucks the life out of Archie. When she leaves the office, she walks in an alleyway and transforms back into Cora. Cora is so damn strong, just lifting him up one-handed. Maybe it's her. Maybe it's magic. Also leave Archie alone. Yes, please do. Spent all that time in Wonderland angrily lifting weights. <laughs> She's like, my time will come. Until she was like bench pressing her little card soldiers. Uh-huh. <laughs> She's like, stack up higher. Like, um. Mama Sarah- needs to bench more. Sarah Connor and Terminator 2. Mm-hmm. Them guns. Oh, Sarah Connor and Terminator 2. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Oops, we're all we far love, away now. <laughs> we love a buff woman. <laughs> yeah, we do. 
The next day, Emma and Henry are having breakfast at Granny's Diner and discussing what it is like in the Enchanted Forest. The man sitting behind Emma and Henry is the star of this scene, to be honest. He has a full rapturous journey about his sandwich, and I am delighted for him. I didn't notice. I'm going to have to go back. Oh, it's wonderful. I made Elisa rewind it because I was just laughing at this man and she had no idea what was going on. I was like, no, you have to look at the guy behind them. I've never seen anyone just so like pleased as punch about his little sandwich as this man is. He looked just as happy as Mary Margaret walking in the door. It's just, yeah, it's joy. It's pure joy. (laughs) Outside the diner, Emma and Henry run into Pongo, who barks repeatedly. Then Ruby comes out and says that something is wrong. As Henry walks off to school, Pongo runs to Archie's office and Emma and Ruby follow him. When they reach Archie's office, they find Archie's body on the ground. Emma asks who could do such a thing, and Ruby replies that she thinks she knows who would. In the Enchanted Forest, the imprisoned evil queen is visited by her father, who says that he has failed her as a father. Uh, you think? Regina, your useless dad is here. (laughs) Do you know? Be useless. (laughs) That's the only thing he's good at. (laughs) He asks for forgiveness, to which the evil queen replies that there is no need even though there totally is. She says that she would not blame the person she loves most. Her father begs her to show Snow White and Prince Charming that she can change, believing that she could be spared. I love that Regina's all, lol, fuck that dad, to the pyre. Pretty much she's like, I'd rather burn. Bring it. (laughs) At the Storybrooke Sheriff Department, Emma and David are interrogating Regina about the death of Archie. She is both upset and angry. Upset that Archie is dead and angry that she is being accused of his murder. She asks them why she would kill Archie after all the effort she's put into changing her wicked ways. David says that she has been caught before. He also says that she has been given the chance to change once before, and he asks why this time would be any different. Back in the Enchanted Forest, it is the day of Queen Regina's execution. As she walks out, there are many people, including a disguised Rumpelstiltskin, Barely disguised rumples. Barely disguised. (laughs) Like, he's not trying. Who has come to watch the execution. After a guard ties her up, Jiminy Cricket approaches her and asks her if she has any last words. She says that in the future, she wants people to know what she felt in her last moment. Regret. Regret that she could not cause more pain, inflict more misery. Above all, Regina regrets that she was not able to kill Snow White. You know, casual. Prince Charming commands the guards to take their aim and fire. Just after the guards fire their arrows, Snow White yells, Stop! It's too late for the guards to stop the arrows, but the Blue Fairy magically stops them with her wand. Snow White says that killing the queen is not the way to punish her, and then walks off. Prince Charming orders the guards to take Regina back to her cell. As she is being escorted back to the cell, she smirks wickedly at the crowd. I legit weirdly love Regina in this scene. She's like, if I'm going to die, I just need to unleash all my last sick burns. And I'm like, you do you. Oh, (laughs) sick burns. What a pun. (laughs) Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Outside the interrogation room in Storybrooke, Mary Margaret asks Emma and David what they should do. David suggests that they should lock her up. Emma will not let David because she cannot prove Regina is guilty. David asks what to do, and Emma convinces both of them to let Regina go. Okay, so were Emma Charmings and Snow's reflection in the glass a CG effect? Like, it was too clear. It looked like just an overlay of, like, footage from a different angle. It did not look like natural reflection. You're you're the only one here that maybe I didn't I didn't would notice. know that probably <laughs> that's true. 
Someone listener out there here. confirm this for me because it was driving me nuts. It did not look real. I don't know, baby. I went to school for tech writing. You're the, you're the only one here with a film degree. Yeah. I think it was the visual effect. They yeah, it might have been. Yeah. Might have been. But why would they go through that all that effort? I don't know. It looked weird. I I don't know to get to get the two way glass reflection without having to worry about getting the camera crew in it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that, I mean, yeah, that's why. Yeah. And the lighting and the boom mic and yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like maybe it was cleaner to just superimpose the reflections. Superimpose mm-hmm. have clean to, like, stuff out of the reflection. Just yeah. yeah. To just right. like in the reflection. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that's what it was. No. IDK. I was so distracted by it during the whole scene, though. I didn't even notice. (laughs) (laughs) In the Enchanted Forest, Snow White and Prince Charming are talking in the War Council meeting room. Prince Charming is upset with, with Snow White because she has not gone through with what they have planned. Snow White tells Prince Charming that Regina can change back and that she can become a better person again. All that she needs is the chance. Prince Charming still is not convinced, but he says that whatever Snow White wants will happen. That night, Snow White is roaming the courtyard and stands forlornly at the execution post when Rumpelstiltskin appears. Inquiring as to why he is there, the sorcerer replies that he came for the execution and even had his heart set on a souvenir, but has been disappointed. Snow White says that she will not apologize for sparing the queen's life, not when there is a chance that she might change. Rumpelstiltskin laughs at the notion of a redeemed Regina, asking Snow how she plans to accomplish such an impressive feat. Snow doesn't even know if it is possible. Rumpelstiltskin offers to make a deal. He provides a test for Snow to use to see if Regina can truly change. Snow is suspicious as she assumes he wants the queen dead, but he counters that perhaps he wants her alive. That I doubt, Snow says. Rumpelstiltskin titters at this, refusing to divulge his motives, asking Snow White instead if they have a deal. I do wonder if Rumpelstiltskin would have intervened had the Blue Fairy not, or if he just would have let Regina die and started from scratch, because he does want her alive, but not a changed woman. My assumption is he would have jumped in at the last minute if she was actually about to die, which she was, so he was probably like poised for action off screen. Maybe he just had so much faith in like Snow White's like innate goodness that like he knew she would never actually let Regina die. Um. In Storybrooke, Emma, Mary Margaret, and David are in Archie's office searching for evidence when David finds Regina's file, and it is empty. Mary Margaret is convinced that Regina indeed killed Archie. However, Emma still believes in Regina. David reminds her of all the evidence against Regina, and Emma says that maybe that is a key. There is too much evidence. They say that she is obviously being framed, and Mary Margaret says that there is a long list of suspects who would want to do this, present company included. Emma says that there is one person on that list who would resort to killing to get what he wants. Meanwhile, at Mr. Gold's pawn shop, Belle has brought a picnic basket for their lunch. Just as they begin to unpack the basket, the charming family storms in. Uh, you guys, come on, you fucking charming cocklockers. Listen, if they don't get to have an uninterrupted romance, no one does. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Gold smiles and says, nothing better than a family reunited. You have your mother's chin, Miss Swan. Brusque as always, Emma replies, we know that you killed him. To which Mr. Gold adds, and your father's tact. <laughs> I love that because it's true. <laughs> Emma completely ignores this and accuses him of murdering Archie. Emma tells them that it looks as if someone framed Regina. Belle and Mr. Gold believe it is Regina. Snow reminds him that this would not be the first time he used someone else to try and kill her. Nice to see your memory is intact, dearie, but this time I'm afraid I'm going to disappoint you. It wasn't me. Mr. Gold then says that they could ask the witness. No one was there, Emma snaps. With a smirk, Mr. Gold retorts, well, that's not exactly true, is it? We cut to David leading Pongo over to Mr. Gold, who gets down on one knee to pet and coo at the Dalmatian. Belle remarks that she was unaware that Mr. Gold was a dog person. He tells her that a long time ago, in another life, he knew a sheepdog or two. That moment was very endearing. I thought so. He's, he's like petting the good boy. He's got a soft spot for children and dogs. 
I mean, Pongo is a very good boy. Pongo is a very good boy. Emma cuts to the chase by asking how they will find out what he knows. Mr. Gold responds by saying that they cannot communicate, but can extract his memories. Emma is suspicious, believing Mr. Gold could trick them with magic. Then he says that Emma will be the one using magic, because she has it within her. Mr. Gold goes over to a cupboard and pulls out something Emma recognizes as a dream catcher. Mr. Gold tells her that it can catch so much more. When he strokes it along Pongo's head, it retains a jumble of memories. He hands it to Emma. At first she doubts herself, but after Gold reassures her, Emma is eventually able to see Pongo's memories of Regina killing Archie. Uncle Stiltskin believes in you, Emma. I love that he goes, yes, you can, when she doubts herself. It's so precious. It is honestly really sweet. I do love how he has like this element of, I want to say wonder about Emma and her powers. Yeah. Like he's just like, he has like just this genuine, almost like childlike amazement about her coming into her own with her magic. And it's really cute. Yeah, he's like, well, she's new. Mm-hmm. She's, she's new. new. She's interesting. She's never she, happened before. Yeah. And also, I don't have like a really wicked and dark agenda with this one. <laughs> like, no, I get to just like enjoy it. I just get, enjoy get it. Enjoy it. David and Mary Margaret follow an angry Emma as she storms towards Regina's home. They stop her and tell her that going after her without a plan is a mistake. The two then remember the new batch of fairy dust that Leroy told them about. They plan to get her the same way they did last time. David believes that she will see them coming, but Emma tells them to leave that to her. Back in the Enchanted Forest, Snow White goes to Regina's cell and countermands Prince Charming's orders to the guards. Regina asks Snow White if she is having problems with Prince Charming, but Snow White changes the subject. She recollects about the time Regina saved her life and how the good person she used to be is still inside her. Regina denies this adamantly, saying that woman is dead. As she unlocks Regina's cell, Snow White says she believes Regina is capable of leaving the evil in her behind in the cell. I want to stop for a second and ask, what the hell is Regina grasping onto when Snow makes for the cell door? It looks like a comically oversized wooden spoon. I I think it is. I think it's totally a huge soup spoon. It's for (laughs) huge soup. For her big, big soup. Her big big soup. Okay. For her big soup. It's her big soup spoon for her big soup. Yeah, the generous portions. Mm -hmm. Also... I love the gargoyle embedded in the wall of Regina's cell. It's also in in the hallway, like the corridor, like behind snow. Like I see it for like a, a hot second. I think it's supposed to be Hugo from Hunchback of Notre Dame, but, you know, better because he's silent and not the awful ear grating voice of Jason Alexander. <laughs> yeah. Whilst walking out of her cell, Regina pins Snow White to the wall and chokes her. Snow White gets out a knife, but Regina grabs it away from her. She smiles as she plunges the knife into Snow. To her surprise, Snow White is not injured in the slightest. That's impossible, Regina hisses in disbelief. No, that's magic, Snow says with genuine pain. Prince Charming then appears with his guards and tells Regina the blade was enchanted by Rumpelstiltskin and that Regina is now powerless to inflict direct harm to Snow and Charming. Regina says that she was tricked, but Snow White corrects her, saying that it was a test. This experience prompts Snow White to banish Regina to live alone with her misery. Before Regina is escorted by the guards, Snow White tells her that she once saved her life, and now Snow saved hers, so they are even. But though Regina can no longer harm them, Should she harm anyone in Snow's kingdom, Snow will kill her. Okay, but like, when did Regina get so buff? Like, it takes a lot to lift a grown-ass woman with a single hand. Like, damn. Yeah, and unlike the scene with Korra we saw earlier, Regina doesn't even have her powers right now. So she's just strong. She's strong. Strong strong. lady. She's buff. I'm telling you, I'm telling you she's preparing for like, the ro- the little bot bot war that's coming. <laughs> She's been doing those bench presses. <laughs> Lana is so great in this scene. Mm-hmm. Like I love her performance as as the like the captured evil queen. It's just slightly more unhinged and slightly more just done caring at all. And this is just a great a great scene between her and Jennifer. Like I I, I really liked it. It was good. Yeah, this is another top tier Lana episode. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. In Storybrooke, 
the charming family arrives at Regina's home. Regina expects an apology for their earlier accusations, but Emma tells her she saw Regina murk Archie via magic. Instantly, Regina knows that Mr. Gold helped them and suspects that he is framing her. Mary Margaret tells her that it was Emma who used magic. Regina is awestruck that Emma can use magic, but recovers quickly to remind Emma that she will have to pay a price for using magic. Emma counters by saying that telling Henry what happened to Archie is both of their prices. No, Regina says desperately, I will not let you poison Henry against me. Snarkily, Emma says, interesting word choice, since you already did. Boom, mic drop. Elisa put in an air horn sound effect. I like get a good one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Jennifer Morrison is such a boss in this scene. I love her. They're both amazing in this scene. Also, this scene is very charged. Once again, I'm like, Snow Queen... Snow Queen fans, you love this episode, don't you? I know, man. It, it, was, it is because is... Regina's like, you can do magic. Mm-hmm. And like, Emma gives her this look like, you know it, baby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was actually going to say, like, again, like another great Lana moment was like, she's she goes from like, in this very, you know, it's, it's a relatively short scene where she goes from smug to outrage to incredulous to, to into it to, to like, <laughs> awe like she's totally that's why i use that word in our description of awestruck like she's just like you can do magic you know and then to desperation you know and anguish and it's just uh she's so good i know she she acts her tits off in this scene but i think we all can agree that she she looked into it for a minute Mm -hmm. (laughs) she was like oh you could you You magic magic yeah uh uh, but these ladies are both killer in this scene so oh they are so good. Emma walks off with Regina racing after her, insisting that Henry must hear her side of the story because he is her son. Emma rounds on her, sharing that he is her son, before calling on Mother Superior, who throws fairy dust at Regina in an attempt to paralyze her once again. Regina is able to thwart this attempt. <laughs> yeah. It was the dumbest thing. Mother Superior just like jumps out from like a bush. Oh, she throws it like a fucking softball too. And she like, throws it like a softball, and I'm like, not like a good softball throw either. It's I'm like, like I, I don't care, bitch. You can play fairy all you want. You don't got no more wings. <laughs> she, she does just kind of go. Meh. <laughs> it's like, all right, no wonder Regina just catches it and like, uh, just like it's just like snow charming's feet, and they're like, oh, Regina, Regina is just like, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice. Shame on you. (laughs) As mentioned, Regina is able to thwart this attempt and then uses her magic to throw Emma across the yard. She asks Emma if she intends to use her newfound magic against her, but Emma tells her that she doesn't need to because Henry will never trust her again. She then tells Regina that they all know what she is and will always be. Heartbroken and lost, Regina then disappears into smoke. Aw, I actually feel bad for Regina this time. She tried hard with that lasagna. She it's really true. Did. Even if she did put red pepper flakes in it, I like red pepper flakes. I like red pepper. I know flakes. you do. You <laughs> put pepper on everything. <laughs> everything. I'm the evil queen all along. Oh no! With your pepper fries. My pepper fries. Ooh, I love pepper fries. Pepper fries are delicious. Anytime like, we go to a restaurant and get French fries, she's got just put pepper all over them, and I'm like, oh come on. I love putting pepper and stuff, but I always have to like put my mom's. <sighs> bit of the soup aside and then i put pepper only on mine because she too is not a pepper person puts pepper all over her french fries and then she doesn't finish her french fries and she's like do you want my french fries and i'm like they're covered in pepper and i have to sit there and i have to <laughs> shake the pepper off every <laughs> single fry before I get elisa i put pepper on my salads it's amazing oh no pepper on salad is good Crack oh no she puts pepper on everything <laughs> on everything on everything not on like dessert. also coconut mm, coconut sorbet pepper and coconut sorbet yes i promise you elisa's not a big coconut person though so you might have lost her with that one i like the taste of coconut but i don't like the texture of shredded coconut no 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 get a smooth one (laughs) i have a lovely bunch of coconuts i do not i wish (laughs) meanwhile emma is panicking as she waits for henry at the bus stop she asks david and mary margaret how she will tell him about what happened and whether or not she's competent enough to be his parent. 
they assure her that it'll be okay and that they have each other. This scene is so super soft. By the way, that is a word I have totally taken from you. Um, Hey, you're welcome, man. Yeah. (laughs) I hate it when the Charmings interrupt my much desired rumble fun times, but I do love their tender family moments like this. They're cute as hell. Mm -hmm. When Henry walks off the bus, Emma meets him at the corner, was telling him the news of Archie's death. Unbeknownst to them, Regina is sitting in her car watching them. As Henry and Emma hug, Regina starts to cry. Lana is so good. I'm giving Lana 90% of the credit for any feels I have for Regina. Like her and the competent writers are literally the only people who make me give a shit. Yeah, her performance in this episode is so good. So good. So good. Her sitting in the car and like watching them in the side mirror. Mm hmm. And that's just really lovely framing all along to have that moment happen like off screen and have it like seen from just. Yeah, just just us seeing it from afar. Yeah. Yeah, that was well done. In the Enchanted Forest, the evil queen is back in her palace. She is scowling at her image in the mirror when her father comes in and tells her a visitor. Who? She demands. You need to ask, says a voice from behind her. Rumpelstiltskin appears and asks, what other friends do you have, dearie? Regina scathingly replies that he is not her friend. This scene is hilarious, though, because her dad is just like, I should fucking go. <laughs> yeah, it was so funny. He just was like, mm, mm, mm. yeah, he literally just backs the fuck up. Like he kind of tiptoes backwards and then spins and like scurries out. It's yeah. like it's almost it's almost the Homer Simpson walking backward into the bushes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah he's like just like i'm out nope and and considering what we the three of us know and he's like oh you have a visitor and like it's this fucker and it's just like (laughs) nope nope (laughs) like i like if i were him i would be breathing very very heavily out my nose and just been like Bye. Yeah. I learned my, I know my place you've, and my you've place. Got this pumpkin, you've got this. Yeah. My place is not here. Anywhere near here. Anywhere near here. Anywhere near here. No. Nowhere near this guy. No. Nope. And I like that Rumpel does never even acknowledges him. Oh yeah. No, he never, he never even notices that the man's in the room. He's like completely inconsequential to it. Well, the fact that like, even, uh, I mean, obviously he announced his presence, right? So did I just kind of like, did Rumpel come to the door? <laughs> like, hello. Just to be an asshole to Henry. <laughs> oh, I'm Probably. sure. He, I'm sure he enjoys tormenting this man. So I'm, I'm sure, sure he the door. He knocked like, on the big stupid knocker. <laughs> He's like, hello. <laughs> Hidely ho, neighborini. <laughs> Rumpelstiltskin tells her that he thought she could use someone to raise her spirits, especially today as it is Snow White and Prince Charming's wedding. And nice to see them declare their true love in front of the whole kingdom. Happy ending after all. I love that Rumpel is that one toxic friend who always has a salt shaker nearby with which to really season your open wounds. Also, he should have been invited to the wedding. He was always beneficial to Snow and Charming. And they should learn to never, ever snub a magical person, creature. In this scene, he he's basically the drunk uncle that just, like, rattles into the Christmas party making finger guns. It's, like, ridiculous. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. I, I've, I've experienced many, many a drunk uncle at my friend's weddings. Yes. Just just snapping and making finger guns and be like, Make, ah. making Making all the different kinds of, like, toasts that get, like, more and more incoherent and off topic. Here's maybe he was a joke the- about that thing you're weirdly sensitive about. Maybe he was at the <laughs> wedding and he got kicked out and that's when he popped up over here. Oh, oh my God, that would be rowdy. hilarious. <laughs> they kicked me out for being too rowdy, so I came over here. Maybe, he, maybe they were like, he's like, I brought an air horn. I thought, what? I thought this was like a festive occasion. <laughs> they told me my toasts were quote unquote inappropriate. <laughs> I don't know why. Can't imagine what they were so offended about. Prudes. <laughs> I was just telling them like, you know, hey, you finally get to bang after all this time. Isn't that great? Or like, hey, you don't have to bang on the forest floor anymore. Or maybe he was snickering because she was wearing white, you know? And he's like, no, who is she kidding? <laughs> 
Anyway, they threw me out. I'm here to see you, kiddo. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? Regina tells him that thanks to his interference, there's nothing she can do to stop it. There is no way to harm them in this land. He then tells her that if she wishes to harm them, she could always bring them to another land. She smirks at this before disappearing into a puff of smoke. Rumpelstiltskin sasses, told you I was your friend. Evil Regina then calls her father to summon the carriage because she has a wedding to get to. I, I, I know she goes, father. Like, I love that she literally does, like, yell. And I really wish she had well, yelled. Well, because he's clear across the fucking castle <laughs> at this point. I No, 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 I know. But I just wish she had yelled, daddy! You know, like, in a very bratty, <laughs> princessy kind of way. And <laughs> very Veruca Salt. Very mm-hmm. Veruca Salt Daddy, I want way. a squirrel. Daddy, I want a squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> I wish, though, that the writers were explicit and consistent with realms versus land versus kingdom. Snow is not the queen over everyone just the enchanted forest there are other lands in this story book realm well even in the enchanted forest yeah i think you could have just stopped with i wish the writers were consistent that's true yeah you're right because yeah king george lives (laughs) in the enchanted forest and he has his own kingdom king midas etc maleficent's castle was there and philip's castle was there and dark castles there the geography of this place is top a lot of Yeah, the Dark Castle, it belonged to, like, I think, and I'm sure a listener will correct me if I'm wrong. The internet loves to correct people. Which is fine. I welcome it. I think that the Dark Castle belonged to the Duke of the Frontlands, maybe? like the. Oh, the, yeah. He took, yeah. Over, he took over the castle after yeah. you know, I th- the Ogre War. Yes. I think, like, after, after Bay disappeared, he took over. He was like, that. well, I have nothing to rein me in now. Yeah, pretty much. My castle. I think it is like the castle that once upon a time ruled over the front lands. In Storybrooke, a smiling Cora approaches Hook and tells him that her daughter has now lost everything. Aren't you mum of the year, Hook sasses, prompting Cora to frown and insist that she did what was needed. Hook says he needs to get revenge on Rumpelstiltskin. Cora tells him that she has started on it and brings him down to the ship, where she shows him the gift she procured for him. The gift is revealed to be Archie, who is tied and gagged. She tells Hook that he knows many secrets of Storybrooke. If that's Dr. Hopper, who did you kill? Cora shrugs and says, how do I know? It's my first day in town. Fucking gagged. (laughs) Uh, Again, these one-liners are great. These two could have their own kooky little (laughs) spinoff. Adventures of Hook and Cora. Also, (laughs) Archie's not dead. Yay! Yay! It's like the end of Muppets Christmas Carol with Tiny Tim, who is not, not dead. <laughs> Hook compliments Cora's handiwork. She says that now Hook will have all of the knowledge on Rumpelstiltskin that he needs, and that though it may take some time, this cricket will chirp. And credits. You know, in the days of yore, I didn't like this episode. Because Mr. Gold was in it for only one scene and the Charmings were hulking out and the Blue Fairy had to show her face. But that's in ye olden days. In the past, baby. I enjoyed this episode a lot. I think Lana makes this episode so much more impactful in a less competent actress's hands. It might have come off like hokey and cheesy and not very well done, but she has that range. I mean, just in that one scene alone, we saw her go through the entire spectrum of emotions and it was all very, very believable. And I don't know. I was just here. I was here for the ride. Yeah. Oh, wait, Rumpelstiltskin, I guess, was in it for a, a little bit more because he was in it. Yeah, in a couple of I mean, you were Yeah, wrong. that's true. Mr. Gold is in one scene. Mr. Yeah. Gold is in one scene. Right. With Bill. I should say, I should correct scene. myself. Rumbel was only in one little scene and they oh, got yeah. cock blocked. But <laughs> Rumpel, yeah, I, I did get some good rumple but it was funny because before we started the episode i turned to lynn and i was like oh i remember this one there's one where archie's dead and then everyone's like we hate you regina you killed him and she's like i didn't and then cora's like now regina has to talk to me because everyone hates her and then we watched it (laughs) yeah that's that's pretty much it so my memory of it we've only watched this one once before because we're now in a territory where we've never rewatched we never finished the second season on rewatch so oh uh, I've only seen this once when it first aired, so that's kind of exciting, but I I remember the basics of this one pretty well. I think it's a really solid one. Uh, It's a really standout performance from Lana, and also some killer Jennifer Morrison scenes. Just like Into the Deep felt like a transitional piece, 
This one felt a little transitional too. And it's kind of like a thesis for kind of the story we're going to see for the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, they're really setting it up. One of the main goals of this episode was that Regina's redemption arc was feeling too easy and they they needed to like throw a wrench into it. And it's interesting because there's actually so many things that she's done that are unforgivable that they aren't diving into other than like that quick reference to accidentally poisoning Henry, but they aren't diving into the things that really would make a redemption arc hard because that's just, it's too messy and they don't want to unpack it. And they should have Mm. done in the first place if they didn't want to unpack it, but they don't unpack it. They don't touch it. And so instead the wrench they throw in is something she didn't even do this time. We have Cora fabricate a reason for everyone to turn on her. Yeah, it's interesting. And I think once again, like our trio of fantasy fuckboy episodes being like, hey, she's just been, she's been set up for these things to happen. And there is good in her. I think this is another episode where they're like, hey, she's trying, but it's going to get hard. So it's interesting because there's tons of things they could have thrown a wrench in of just real things that she did. Yeah, that's true. I mean, and it is kind of like, do you guys remember uh, erasable pen? Like the concept of erasable pen? Mm. Um, oh, yeah. And it's like when you try to erase pen, it's still messy. It's still super messy. And yeah. in the early days of erasable pen, I remember it would like tear the paper and stuff like mm-hmm. it was never good. And I feel like this is like a good visual for like what these writers are kind of trying to do, because it's like, oh, shit, we made her do all these really bad things that she actually probably could never walk back from yeah. um, in season one. But quick, let's just, you know, get some light out and some erasable pen and no one will know. But it's like, yeah, you're you're always going to like, we're still going to remember that, you know, yeah. there's still always going to be like a mark on her as a character, I think, because of that. Yeah. And Lana's a fantastic actress. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you said, like so much of the feelings for, for Regina is because she just she just kills it. She she does so good. And so you feel for her because Lana makes you feel for her. But yeah. You know, you look back in the character and you're like, ah, oh, she did some things that's not forgivable. Right. But you, because of how good she is as an actress, because you like watching her and you like seeing this journey she's going on, that's your, you know, you root for that redemption arc, but it's a hard one. <laughs> you got to ignore some things, um, yeah. which shouldn't be ignored. But yeah. yeah, agreed. I um don't have a lot to say about this episode. Like, it's a perfectly good episode, which is probably why I don't have a ton to say about it. Other than I enjoy how healthy and non-toxic the Charming's relationship is. Like, especially with the prevalence of media to be like, oh, here comes the old battle axe. And then you have this show and Charming is just like, I love my wife 24-7. And I think it's very refreshing and I like it very much. Charming should get the new Disney Dan shirt. Oh, I love Disney World and my wife. So yeah, what? I love Disney World and my wife. So <laughs> the what? shirts that we're going to get for our honeymoon. Yes, the shirts uh... we're going to get for our honeymoon. <laughs> So cute. <laughs> yeah, charming, charming would absolutely rock the I Love Disney World and my wife so what mm. shirt. So what? This is a solid episode. It's a it's it's a good one. It's not yeah, one of those like really have complaints, which is why I don't really have a lot to talk about in the wrap up. I'm like, well, look at that. Yeah. It's a solid episode. Episode. That to do and accomplish it. Enjoyed yeah. it. They did some interesting yeah. stuff. Great Archie acting. did not die. Archie did not die. Archie did not die. Tiny Tim, who was not dead. <laughs> I think we would be very, very angry if Archie actually died. God, I might have stopped watching the show, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Costumes. I really want to talk about that kirtle that Regina was wearing in prison. I'm assuming lightweight wool, but maybe a heavy linen. It's like a dusky blue and it's so gorgeous. Like I would wear that in my everyday life. With the giant wooden spoon she had in the cell or without it? Oh, with. All right. Yeah. The giant wooden spoon completes the look. Valid. Also, we had a new Enchanted Forest Charming look, which is, it's been a while. I I like his non-armored looks better. I think they're softer. Mm-hmm. But he still looks pretty handsome in his armor. It's had very Prince James vibes. Didn't quite look charming. Very handsome, though. I mean, he looked very charming, very handsome. But I was like, ugh. Oh. He's so because he's, he's trying to be charming. The tough guy he just, now. yeah, he's the he one just, who's got to draw the hard line in the sand about yeah. the woman who keeps trying to kill his wife. Yeah, this is the charming who's going to sentence Regina to her death. Yeah, got the armor. He messed with his wife, and he will not abide by that. Yeah. It's time to play. 
Who's that guest star? For season two, episode 10, we have Cinder, who plays everyone's favorite heroic best boy, Pongo the Dalmatian. I couldn't find any other credits, but I would not at all be surprised if Cinder worked regularly in commercials and maybe even other film and TV. Maybe an episode of Supernatural. Maybe an episode of Supernatural. Prominently (laughs) featured in Supernatural. (laughs) Every other actor has been. (laughs) Cinder is a good boy. We love you, Cinder. We love you, Cinder. Plays Pongo in seasons one, two, and four. With aplomb. Yes. Good boy, Pongo. Good boy, Pongo. All right. So it's time for Once Upon a Timeline. Can I think of something clever? Can you? Nope, I got nothing. Okay. (laughs) It's time to come full circle because this one does. Oh. We're going to put this episode in the context of all those who have come before it. In this episode, the flashbacks most closely follow those in season two, episode three, Lady of the Lake. As that episode shows Snow White and Charming during the height of their battles to overthrow the villainous King George. And the flashbacks that most closely follow this one is the formal wedding scene in season one, episode one, Pilot. As we end this one with Regina off to make the initial threat of the curse at Snow and Charming's formal wedding. The exact wedding that we see in the pilot. So it was a simple one. Hey, we have a new segment. It's called Share and Tell. It's where each of the narrators share something that they're loving this week. My share. That was terrible from restarting. You you sounded so smarmy. (laughs) I know. Like, ladies, ladies, let me tell you about my share. Ladies, let me tell you about Disneyland's Marius Nights. Can't get a ticket this year because it's already sold out. But next year... If you're in the area, I recommend going because Lynn and I went on Tuesday and it was magical. I'm a big, big fan of the after hours events that Disney hosts because I love doing Disney without the crowds. It's so nice and pleasant and magical and they have all sorts of unique character sightings and there was Mickey's Christmas Carol characters and and Lynn was serenaded. Yeah, it was so cute. Yeah, Mickey and Minnie were dressed as Bob and Emily Cratchit, and oh, they had Scrooge, Scrooge McDuck, <gasps> and and Goofy, Goofy and Jacob Marley's ghost. And like we had cast members make magic for us and get us into both the lines, even though they were like just about to be cut off, and it was wonderful. And also, Lynn was serenaded by Donald. Did you get that on video? We have pictures. We have pictures. <laughs> we have pictures because he you know he's silent but he got on one knee and was like miming to her and like had her like Aww. lay her rapunzel hair over the snow fort Aww. so so donald so duck jealous. coming for my lady <laughs> i'm not sure what is supposed to top getting serenaded by donald duck honestly although i got a really flirty wave from elsa at that party and that was pretty good too because elsa's always know <laughs> they know they can sense it on me i know it's like I was telling you, Lisa, I was like, the Elsas always wink at me because they go, oh, there's a little queer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess other than that, like every other white girl on the planet, I'm listening to Red on repeat and wanting Jake Gyllenhaal to give her her scarf back. Fun fact. The artist most commonly listened to by our Once Upon a Rewatch listeners is Taylor Swift. I learned that from our Spotify stats. Okay. I had no idea what Lynn was talking about. And then you said that and i thought that was a non sequitur and then i was like oh that's it's a taylor swift song all right time for my share so i'm a big baby when it comes to horror and gore and even true crime nowadays unfortunately but i have a soft spot for unsolved mysteries because nostalgia and now i've been binging a podcast called resolved mysteries which takes a deep dive into the re-released episodes that's on Amazon Prime and updates listeners on each segment's progress. It's narrated by three women just like us. So that's also another big bonus. So you can find Resolved Mysteries anywhere you enjoy listening to podcasts. So that's what I'm loving this week. Next time on Once Upon a Rewatch, Mr. Gold finds an unwilling test subject to see if a spell he has concocted will allow him to cross the border of Storybrooke without losing his memory and go in search of his son, Balefire. Meanwhile, Belle stumbles upon a vengeful hook in the story Brook Harbor, whose main goal is to eradicate Rumpelstiltskin. And Mary Margaret and David go house hunting. Meanwhile, in the fairy tale land that was, Belle meets Mulan as the two set out on an adventure of their own. Thank you for tuning in to Once Upon a Rewatch. We are the Narrators 3. The moral of this episode is, to each their own lasagna. 
You can find us on anchor.fm slash once upon a rewatch. Talk fairy tales with us on Twitter at once upon rewatch. On Instagram at once upon rewatch. On Tumblr at once upon a rewatch.tumblr.com. If you enjoy Once Upon a Rewatch, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or on your platform of choice. Our artwork for the podcast was done by Laichi Ruru. That's L-A-I-C-H-I-R-U-R-U at twitter.com. This podcast uses material from episode-specific pages on the Once Upon a Time wiki at Fandom and is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike License. And we want to say a very special thank you to the master of free music, Kevin McLeod. Our intro music is Frost Waltz, and our outro music is Fairy Tale Waltz. And remember, all plot devices come with a price. If we ever do merch, that's got to be one of them. <laughs> a shirt that just says to each, to each their own, their own lasagna. lasagna. <laughs>